Devin is a faceless YouTube channel expert. In that like kind of like 1.3, 1.5 range revenue from my YouTube channel so far. And he's gonna break down how niche faceless channels can crush it. It was like a chess channel and they've made it probably like anywhere from like 10, $15,000 a month. And what it takes to produce top notch faceless content. We're spending $600 for a video and these are videos that are like looking better than like a Netflix show a lot of times. This is basically a blueprint for printing money. So let's dive in. Devin, dude, stoked to have you here. You're the second person that I'm chatting with about faceless YouTube channels, and I'm excited to pursue some different angles here and dive into it. But I'm going to ask right out of the gate something hopefully you're comfortable with me asking, but about how much money have you made from faceless YouTube channels in the few years that you've been doing this? In that like kind of like 1.3, 1.5 range now is like what I've uh, seen as far as like ad revenue and um, revenue from my YouTube channel so far. This is all just within the last three years too. So as far as like more exclusively the faceless channel stuff. So that's awesome, dude. And I'm going to read off one of your tweets here. You said faceless YouTube channels are such a crazy opportunity. First of all, YouTube paid out 19 billion to its creators last year. Second, I find a new six figure channel idea two to three times a day. Usually give these to my students. We could talk about your, your program afterwards. And you said third, you can hire cheap production overseas. So when you say you see two to three six-figure channel ideas a day, let's break that down a little bit. Like what makes a good channel ID or channel uh, idea in terms of the faceless YouTube world? There's so many opportunities on YouTube right now. And it's just because it, we're going through like a transition of the whole kind of creator economy and what works. You know, I think right now we're getting to the point where YouTube is starting to become more of like an older platform. And a lot of these guys that started five years ago are still trying to do what they did five years ago and obviously is not working today. And so it's like one of those things where it's just like so many people are just like not adapting and leaving a lot of money and a lot of room on the table. And so it's like one of those things where I think too many people just like try to too, do too much. And what's cool is like now we're in a position where you can actually be super unoriginal, super uncreative and come up with a channel idea that'll get you to $10,000 a month in a very quick amount of time, sp time span. I just looked at the channel. They started, they've uploaded four videos. They started it three weeks ago and they've actually already made $10,000 worth of ad revenue off their channel. They did, it was like, I don't know, like three or 4 million views and the RPM there, they're in like a, it was like a chess channel and they've made it probably like anywhere from like 10, $15,000 a month, you know, just off of like four videos that they made. Wow. So when you're going out and you're looking at a a random channel that you don't have access to you're like okay the rpm in this niche is about this much here's how many views they've got and here's some back of the math on how much they made yeah exactly yeah just yeah just looking at the views the time period that they've been uploading there's also tools you can use like vidIQ or social blade that'll tell you like last 30 days or even more historical data like the last year or so what are some some higher paid like niches or topics or however you want to describe it, it compared to like what are some lower paid ones? Because maybe like I wouldn't have thought that chess would be a high RPM channel, but maybe it is. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like because I think one thing about your fans, I don't know how many like new viewers versus old viewers we're going to get on this uh, podcast or video specifically, but um. A lot of you guys, you know, they're like more marketer geared and marketer focused. What they find is like the easiest way, like when they're targeting, usually they're doing like interest-based targeting if they're not doing some sort of like, and so with the interest-based targeting, if you know where your money's going, it's like the safest bet for these things. And so you're willing to pay more to know that, hey, I am getting uh, someone interested in traveling right now 
to go through my funnel versus this big, broad audience that I'm not sure of. And so the more niche down you are, the more valuable you are. And so if you're a channel that's just purely about chess and your content's made for chess fans and chess lovers, then you're going to get paid more. Like a chess channel, you're probably getting, you know, on the low end, $4 per thousand views. But I could see a channel like that getting like $6 or $8 per thousand views. So a million views, you know, it could be six or eight grand. So that channel that did 4 million views, you know, on a like, probably not doing realistic scope, you know, if they did 4 million views, they probably did like maybe even over 20 grand in the last month. Anything that's niche, you know, you're not doing music, you're not making videos for kids, you're not making videos for, what would you say, like memes and stuff like that. And just very, just like, on like just content for everybody content for everybody is content for nobody if we just use like this chess channel as an example like what my content on a faceless chess channel look like that's going to generate millions of views like is this like animations is this like replaying chess games is like what what would something like that be it either using that channel as an example or something similar to it the main thing like the main direction that YouTube is heading as a platform is towards original content. I think one of the big things right now is like YouTube, like you got to look at YouTube as a platform. That's why I'm like kind of indirectly answering your question here. You got to ask yourself, where, what is YouTube as a platform? What do they represent? Like, where are they heading? Like, as you said, they did $19 billion out to creators last year. It was like $30 billion that they did in ad revenue alone on their, like off their platform, like total. Not, and then they paid out 19 billion of it to creators. And the year before it was like $12 billion. So whatever that is, that's like a, you know, 40% increase. So the thing is, is like the direction that everything is heading is original content. So what is original content? Now the algorithms and all these systems are getting very, you know, everyone's realizing there's money in these platforms is a big thing. And so gone are the days of you can just use other people's content and just make a ton of money off of it and just hope that they don't copyright claim you or something like that. Is that like people taking like a Joe Rogan episode and like reclipping it and publishing that? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, like Joe Rogan isn't as bad, but it's like these television companies, they've missed out on so many billions of dollars. These movies and these TV show producers and these people, you know, these production companies, especially they're like all in the money business. Joe Rogan, you know, you got a $100 million contract. I mean, maybe he has an agency that does that type of stuff for him, but he doesn't care about copywriting claim. Basically, the point that I'm getting at here is you want to create original content. So what that looks like is content that has, you know, like a voice on it and it's being narrated. It's original content. And so the way that they come out is it's just a voiceover with clips and images that are telling a story. Magnus Carlsen moves his pawn to e4, which Boris responds to with c5, and after the first few moves are played, the game turns into a Sicilian defense, with white's pawns on c4 and e4, and black's pawns on c6 and f6. It's kind of like the direction that everything is moving. And it doesn't matter if like sometimes they're Google images or sometimes clips from the shows, but it's just like as long as it's like going towards the direction it's having some sort of commentary, you know, you'd have some music in the background, um, and behind the scenes, like under the hood, what it looks like is like a script's being written, a voiceover is being produced, and a video, we call it a video editor, but you know, someone's finding content online and just visualizing what's being talked about. This can be manifested in different ways. You know, it could be anything from like commentary on like something going on. Like this chess channel I'm talking about, for example, they were doing commentary, you know, it was very well articulated, very well scripted. And, you know, they, you know, they were talking about what's what you can't see inside of the video, you know, with why this chess player made this decision. So it can range all the way over to like on the high end, you know, people were moving as they're making tons of money on YouTube, you know, they're adapting their content, they're moving more towards animations and getting it to the point where it's like, 
my team, we're like debating taking on some Netflix contracts because we're like, our videos are almost actually better than like some of these Netflix shows. And it's, and we're all like, these are pretty low budget production videos. You know, it's like, um, and I'm saying this as in comparison of like, I think the average episode of Rick and Morty in the, like the third season costs like a million dollars to produce or something like that. I think it was with a statistic. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't like quote me on that. On the high end, after we're making 30, 40, $50,000 a video for a month off these channels, we're reinvesting the money into the production. We're getting to the point, you know, we're spending $600 for a video. And these are videos that are like looking better than like a Netflix show a lot of times. How long, so you spend, let's say, like you said, 600 bucks on a, to produce a video. Like how long does that take, right? Obviously you got your team, it's well-oiled machine. But how long do you take your guys to produce a video? On the, like on an average time frame, I'd say like two weeks. Can we get videos out like, four or five days if we really had to yeah we can if we're like you know it's like there's some like thing happening or some opportunity i'm not saying you need to start with like that high of production it's like definitely you know there's starting to become more competition it's like the cost of production's tripled definitely over the past two years you know because now people are realizing like how much money it is you know you used to be able to produce like a quality video for 20 dollars. now you got to be at least like 100 150 dollars you know there's money in that people's like full-time careers are happening to the like moving towards this like freelancers from the like people from the west are getting quitting their jobs and becoming freelancers online they still have the same expenses that they had with their other job but then now they're able to work online and be freelancers and stuff like that you know a lot of these western countries yeah i, I saw a, a video like maybe two nights ago and it was it was um a pool like a like two ball pool type stuff oh the snooker I, I don't know I don't know what it was but I, I would just like I was, it's one of those things where you just like stumble into it right you're like oh, yeah. and then five minutes later you're like what am I watching uh, but it was this guy and it was like he played like one of the best pull shots ever and it was a guy like narrating like they were playing a game of nine ball and it was like narrating the game all the way through and he was like basically kind of what you were saying about the chess he was like saying like what the guy was thinking and like why he was setting up the shots and stuff like that but you don't ever see him. All you see is the gameplay from this, like, looks like 1990s recording of a, of a show. Yeah. And that's the that's the cool thing. It's just there's such a large content arbitrage right now. You know, you're talking about pool. Like, dude, I couldn't sleep last night because for some reason I got, like, video after video after video. I was getting served. I was like, whoa, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool. I went from, like, you know, watching from, like, you know, what like one of these chess tournament type videos to, you know, watching... Dude, I got down this deep rabbit hole of like, you know, like how things are being made, you know, and created. Like there's a lot of this just like things that are in like, you know, modern television today, just modern reality that it's just like, you know, it's these questions you already have in your head. You're like, how does this happen? I'm so excited about this opportunity. There's just like so many ways. Like, yeah, like I come up with two or three viral ideas like every day. And so yeah, you can go I'm make $10,000 gonna... a month with to kind of go down that these these different ideas, I'm going to read another tweet that that you put out, and it's going to take us down that that thread quite well. You said, "Ask yourself what YouTube wants to show on their platform, then figure out how to deliver that." How does one go about figuring out like where these opportunities? Like you said, you're like stumbling into them like every day. You see these right, but you're you're like a veteran at this, right? You've been doing this for years at this point. Like, how might someone that is oh faceless YouTube channel that seems cool. Like, let me try to figure out what an interesting niche might be. Like, where do you even start in that process? As long as you got scriptwriter, voice actor, video editor, like a production team. The other option is you just don't do this faceless and you do this on camera and everything. But that's not out. So you can't fire yourself from that company. You know, you can't have like one of my channels. I spent maybe an hour a month and it just like, you know, it makes 20 to $40,000 a month. And we're actually scaling it to six figures a month. 
because it's like I have a full team on it. You know, I even have a production manager that takes care of everything, making sure the quality controlling and everything looks solid. So as long as you're doing that, like, you know, you're, you're making it to where it's like a video that's unique and original. It's like, you know, you're able to be like Discovery Channel on a budget these days it, with all the current systems and technology and the availability of freelancers these days and the, the fact of how cheap it is compared to, you know, like you don't have to put these people on contract and benefits and all the stuff like Discovery Channel has to. But then the second half of your question, remind me of that again. Yeah, it was more so like, how do you identify what what these opportunities are from like these topics, right? So we talked about chess. We talked about like the pool example. Are you going out and just like looking at like what videos are popping off or is there some like, are you trying to identify gaps in the market somehow? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so I think the main issue most people when they get into this is they just try to copy people, you know? Someone does, the example I always tell is like someone makes a video on how Elon Musk spends his billions. You know, this guy has already been doing YouTube for years and made this video and had this well articulated, like this really big discovery as to why people want to watch this. It's interesting. It's like, actually, what is, how does Elon Musk spend his billions? You know, it, it turns out even maybe does he like eat a pound of lobster every night or what is he doing? You know, then what people will do is they'll be like, oh, you know, how Elon Musk spend his billions. Okay, so I'm going to make how Elon Musk spend his billions too. You know, we're just going to make the same video. But it's like if someone already watched, made that video and then five million people already watched it, the chances of those five million people wanting to watch your video too, they're like, dude, I already got the spiel. I already got the content. Like, I don't like maybe if you can find some crazy thing that you found that hasn't been covered before and kind of revitalize it with a new angle. But no, instead, what you got to do is way less work than any of that. All you have to do is just find work. Like, when you're getting started, you just have to find things that other people did and just putting a spin on it, spin off on it. The biggest issue, the biggest issue that I find with most creators these days is they're so good at the game. They come up with viral videos and they have too many viral videos. So they just have to keep bouncing and keep moving and, and not keep covering that same subject and putting spinoffs on it. The biggest like discrepancy right now is doing spinoffs. Like Mr. Beast, the largest creator on the platform is the most unoriginal, ununique guy ever. Every single video he does is the same video. And that's because he understands YouTube. Most people don't understand YouTube and this will come all together as to like, you know, how to find the opportunities. Mr. Beast makes the same video every time. He has like, I think five strategies. Go look at his channel, you know, like when you're done with this podcast or write it down as a note while you're listening and then go check it out after. But when you look at his channel, all of his videos are the same. It's like last to leave blank wins blank. And it's like their formats, their formatted content. The only thing that changes is the environment, the quantity of money, and the thing, you know, last to take hand off Lamborghini wins it. Last to yeah. take hand off house I, I, wins yeah, it. I saw when I noticed this, it was when he did like five videos that was like, I spent 24 hours in blank. And it was just like five different videos where he, he did something different for 24 hours and different things. Yeah, exactly. He just, yeah, he just, he has the formats. He has like five formats. Go look at his channel. He has five different formats. And then he just like goes and plays off of it over, like he just keeps, all he has to do is just like, the analogy I use for this is like a TV show, How It's Made. Have you ever seen that TV show, Ryan? Yep. It was like one of the ro- longest running TV shows. They ran 400 episodes. And in each episode, they had four mini episodes. So they technically made 1,600 YouTube videos almost. You know, they're like little 10-minute segments of each item, how they're made. So the crazy thing is, is they made 1,600 episodes. And it took zero creativity co- to come up with ideas for that for that show. And this is one of the longest running shows. Probably one of the top 50 most like profitable shows of all time. And all they ever had to do was literally just look around the room and just be like, oh, okay, so how it's made cameras, how it's made microphones, how it's made headphones. You know, 
they had a format that was working and all they had to do is just like put in the template just like Mr. Beast did. That's why Jimmy, you know, Jimmy is having such crazy success is because he realized that. The creators that have realized that these days are the ones that are winning consist like over and over and over again. And the people that are trying to be unique and creative, either they need to keep being insanely unique and creative and pour a lot of time into this, or they need to make this pivot over to like format. Like, cause you're never going to leave if you, you rely solely on creativity or you're going to have a high, really high bill of paying these really creative people to work for you. You know, and that's very expensive for me. I did this out of laziness, but then I started realizing, you know, the most successful people do this is you don't like remove the creativity. So what, how you find like ideas is next time you're on YouTube, look at YouTube with a different lens. Like they say, uh, it's called like Berminoff's phenomenon. It's like where, you know, if you just bought a new Ford Focus and you're driving that car around, you start seeing that everybody has a Ford Focus. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't think I saw these that much. And then now that I've driven this Ford Focus, I see this thing. Like everyone owns a Ford Focus. I'm not unique and original at all, even the same color. And so what that is, now that you look at the world in a different lens and you know it's personal to you, you just bought that car, you start seeing those, op- like you see, I've seen those cars everywhere. And same with opportunities on YouTube. As soon as you start changing your mind to seeing like, Hey, how can I turn this into a format? And how can I turn this into a fill in the blank? You start realizing that there's opportunities everywhere that people don't capitalize on. Like just yesterday, I was doing research, you know, for six or seven of my channels. We were coming up with content strategies, kind of reevaluating some of them and changing some of them if they weren't really uh, the best suitable, the most suitable for like where we're going. And just doing that alone, I think I found like, you know, in the span of like an hour, I found like seven different content strategies of just like, this guy made this viral video and then never made a spinoff on it. Like he, he made this video that was like, you know, like he made this video that got millions of views that never did a video that was like that. You know, it would have been like Mr. Beast doing like last to leave circle wins hundred thousand dollars. The video is like, you know, the second most viral video on the channel or something like that, or it gets the most views. And then Jimmy never did a last to leave or a last to take handoff or never did that ever again. That's what most of these creators are doing. You know, it's like they, they come up with these viral videos and then they just keep moving on. And sometimes it's like how they set up the content, you know, they have a lot of money to blow. They have a lot of money to spend, but it would just be like Lamborghini spending millions of like hundreds of millions of dollars building their suspension for their race car. And then just leaving a pile of like their, their, their suspension, you know, or like their blueprints, they just throw it in the trash and they just like left it there. Even though those are like the second, you know, all these like they took their, like, all their suspension, just threw it in the trash, and then it's just sitting in there. You can just, like, in a public trash can, you just pull it out and be like, dude, I can build my own, like, suspension company, you know, as long as, like, like and I don't have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars in R&D. All you got to do is just maybe even just spend, like, $1,000 or whatever, you know, to get the manufacturing process, right? Whatever that costs or rent, whatever, you know, and then now you have the same suspension as Lamborghini. Interesting. So, you, you what you're doing is, when you start to create... So you eventually you get to this point where you are, you're going to be creating videos and, and kind of modeling that this video works, I'm going to do more like this and more like this and more like this, just different iterations and versions of that. But before you get that video that works, are you doing a bunch of different videos until you find one that works and then you do more of that version? What I find is if you can just marketing 101, you know, just figure out who is this video that like, who's the audience that enjoys this content and just putting like a face and a name to it. And like, kind of really just like understanding who that viewer is and putting yourself in that person's shoes, which the way that we do this is we just watch like 30, like the same video, like 10 times and read all the comments, like heavy and 
watch like a few videos that this person would likely watch afterwards, getting a really good understanding of who that person is. And then what we do from there is, I know this is more like advanced stuff here, but, uh, you know, figure out who this person, this video is. And like, you know, out of like 10 videos, we'll do like five with this format that we are really betting on that we think is solid, you know, like how, you know, must spends his billions. Okay. We'll do like how Rihanna spends her billions, how, how did he, you know, we'll maybe do like, so we'll pick a rapper, you know, we'll go sub bench it down. You can do billionaires, you can do celebrities, you can do rappers, you can do athletes, you can do, you know, there's a lot of different niches to work with. What suck is if you did rappers, celebrities, billionaires all at the same time, it's like this content's made for nobody. So kind of really sub niche, even though this format works, sub niching it down. So if you're doing how it's made, maybe do like start with cars or something like that, you know? So you do would like- Would that be its own channel or just, you would just kind of do them in phases? So yeah, what you do is you want to start with like something low hanging fruit at first and just sub niche it down super specific. So you're like how rappers spend billion, like spend their money, like type channel. And then as you start to kind of like, you know, you can get to $20,000 a month doing that, $10,000, $20,000 a month being super sub niche. So what you want to do is like pick a really specific niche, a format, and then start expanding it, you know? So it's like, so instead of now just how rappers spend their money, what are their personal lives like, you know? Or, and then that could be like a whole rabbit hole, you know, like maybe you could go down the whole relationship route or something like that. Or you could talk about businesses that rappers built or something like that and how they're doing today. That would actually be a pretty viral idea there. Making it to where it's just like, you're starting to slowly expand, but sticking with the core audience, you know, that's like, Hey, like I'm going to do like 10 rapper videos and how they spend their billions. I don't, I'm not saying that's not so the best idea, you know, how one thing that we did, you know, is like we would do what hygiene was like in ancient Rome. So then what we would do is like, okay, so you could do what hygiene was like in ancient Egypt, what hygiene was like in quarter Versailles, what hygiene was like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, dude, they would like, you know, they have toilet public bathrooms that you couldn't flush and stuff, you know, like all sorts of weird stuff. And then what we would do is we do a spin off. Okay. So you're interested in hygiene. So what about, uh, what drugs were like in those time periods? So now you're able to c cover all those same topics if you have an ancient egypt fan they're able to watch or these ancient civilizations then you're able to watch you know like okay now you can watch the drugs and then you know what type of drugs were they doing in ancient what are the pharaohs doing and stuff like that you know i stumbled across a a, a faceless youtube channel and it, again before i started having these conversations with noah and then with you i really wasn't even thinking about them really in, in that regard like as a faceless channel but Similar across one where it was about like business documentaries and the guy was, I watched, it was like a 40 minute one on JP Morgan. And I sat there and watched the whole thing. And then he had them on all these like old, like the uh, Rockefeller and Carnegie and all these people. And it's just like, man, there's, like you said, there's tons of opportunity to even when you create this overarching, in this case, documentary on this person's life to even go like different verticals within their life as well to to create iterative content on that either you can focus on that like genre of people or you can focus on like different ways of talking about the same subject there's so many ways if you just reformat it you can have you could talk about the same thing everybody else is talking about but have a completely new light on it entirely and that's the big game right now it's just formats you know just having different formats of talking about the same thing and the way that you see it too is you just go watch like go watch a basketball like if you're trying to build a tennis channel go watch the basketball channel go watch the football channel go watch the the, po the pool table channel you know the pool channel and then see what they did and then see if anyone else in your your niche has done that and if not and you can apply it to the players or the sport or whatever of tennis you just found yourself a huge blue ocean of like constant ideas that you can do 
in a new light that has never been covered before that millions of people are wanting to watch because it's just so unique and so original, even though it really isn't. You just took an idea. Like that's all that Jimmy does. He just watches these like survivor and he's like, Oh, how do I make survivor on YouTube? He's like, how do I make squid games on YouTube? Those are like his most viral videos is when he just takes these big, huge game shows and he's like, okay, how do I just do that on like a, you know, like on with the way that we, in, in our way of doing it on YouTube, essentially. You know? Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, virality there. And before we kicked off this interview, you were talking about, you know, formulas for virality. So can you kind of break down how you think about trying to manufacture a video that is going to do well? Because of course you want all the videos to go viral. Uh, at least I would assume you would. So like, what is, what are some of the thoughts uh, frameworks that you apply when you're trying to craft a video to get as much reach as possible. The funny thing is about this whole business model is, or like doing faceless channel specifically, is the production really doesn't matter. You know, that's like the 80% of work that's, you know, that will make or break your results to an extent. But if you have a really bad idea, it doesn't matter how amazing a production you have, unless you just have like the most incredible production ever. And it's just like, it makes any idea look like a crazy video when they click on it and they're just blown away. They're like, wow, I was not expecting this. That's expensive. You know, a lot of it's just like, like one of my most viral videos that made the most amount of money was just the video I produced was free. It took, I think like, it took like 10 hours of my time to put together. It was like, you know, I learned how to do all the softwares and make it. And then the video got, I posted it and in seven days it did 5 million views. And it was on a brand new channel. It wasn't like I had an audience already. None of this. I just, I just timed the market right. I just found like a good idea and I just was spending a lot of time on there. Obviously, you know, if you're just getting started, most people beginning, you know, this isn't like a business that's been around for a while. You know, you want a good combination of like coming up with good ideas, getting videos out so you understand what production looks like. So like me now, I put out like thousands of videos now on YouTube. So I like, I know like what things look like now. You know, I'm like, like, a, like, I know what the script will look like. Like, I know the, the roadblocks are going to be ahead of us if we start a video idea or something like that. But the main thing is just finding opportunities that are just hanging out there on the internet and just figuring out how to execute on those ideas. You know, you could even, like, you could use those AI softwares today. You know, I mean, the script ones are a little bit iffy because they have YouTube has algorithms and I think they have, like, a detection of, like, knowing that there was, like, an algorithm that produced this. Which I think people can just tell when it's just like, you know, this sounds off. But I had a guy, one of my students, he had a video that got 22 million views. And it was like a 10 minute long video. And the average person watched 10 seconds of the video. How, how's that possible? What, why did it keep getting so many views if it had such short watch time? It's because he made a video. It was actually funny enough. It was like the whole how it's made subject. It was like he did like a how it's made in like just a... Like, it, I don't even know if he knew what he was doing. You know, it was one of those things where it's just like, he got very lucky there, you know, as he just came across the right idea. But it was just made an idea that people were like, how is that made actually? You know, and that video went and got 22 million views. He made, it was like pretty poor money he made on it because people were only watching 10 seconds. So he made like, I don't know, like 30 grand on it, which he should have made like 80 grand off the video, you know, because people like actually watched the video. But it was just, you know, he just made a video that was like, that people wanted to watch at that time. And the cool thing is, is now that he produced it like three years ago, it still gets views today. You know, he still makes, let's say a hundred dollars a month off of this video that he produced. Like, uh, I think it was like two years ago, you know, I had an initial success and then now he like keeps getting paid off of it though. You know, to that point, 
you know, I, I saw one of your tweets to just keep referencing your, your Twitter because you tweet a lot. There are times when you'll post a video and you don't immediately get tons of views, right? It might take time. Like you posted one where it was like 95 days after release, you see this hockey stick. We've had clients where like eight months after the video is posted, you, you get this hockey stick growth. What do you think happens that triggers, you know, months later, this kind of rapid rise in views? Algorithms are very finicky these days when you're a newer creator, especially. If you're not at a point where you're consistently getting views and that's a whole rabbit hole to go down, you know, view velocity and things like that. But if like, you know, you're not consistently getting like thousands of views a video, you're still in such a like discovery phase. All it takes is like one, one dude from India to watch your video. You know, they're going to think it's like for like some weird, like South Africa or something like that. Try to show it to people there. And obviously they don't resonate with the content at all. And so YouTube just tosses it aside for that, you know? And it's just like when you first get started, if you're not doing what I'm talking about, like making a video for one audience and one type of person and one avatar, you know, and one content strategy for the most part, one format, one sub niche. If you're kind of bouncing around sub niches a lot, YouTube's really going to be like, who is this content for? Even though they have keywords and stuff like that, it's still, they're just like, who is this for? Like I had one of my students who was like from Spain and he sent a video to his family to watch because he was so proud that he made the video, but it was like, made for like a western like a, an english speaking american audience we started 10 channels all at the same time and his was the one that did that failed and that was the only variable that was different with his and everybody else's and so all this to say is that you never know kind of like you know there's like a lot of these weird stuff like if especially if you bounce around or like you get weird traffic on a video so i highly advise like don't buy traffic don't do any of this just go purely organic if you're not making money on youtube with like organically then you probably just have bad ideas or bad content or you just, you were bouncing around too much. YouTube is one of those things where it's just like, they still always test those videos. It's it's different than any other platform. It's like, it's not like TikTok. It's not like Instagram. It's not like even Facebook, you know, where it's like or LinkedIn or a lot of these platforms. The difference with YouTube is they're always testing stuff. Everything's always on the table. Videos are always able to hit that limelight and to get lots of views. Like you go on your YouTube right now and if you scroll up, you'll see like, 10, 20, 30 videos that are from like four years ago that are on there right now. They're always like, what is it that people want to watch? You know, like right now today, and it doesn't matter how old that video is. If anything, they actually prefer older content because they know it's like, they know it's a safe bet to put in front of a viewer that it's going to work, you know? Outside of the ad revenue, do you have any revenue sources for your channels? And by the way, how many channels do you have like that are, that you guys are actively producing content for? Yeah, so as of right now, we're right around like 20. I believe in this so much now. I'm just trying to make a big, huge bet on all this now. I'm going like Jeff Bezos here trying to like, you know, make a big, huge bet on like the the direction that things are going. And so now I'm really just focusing on like making our systems crazy efficient at like scale across like lots of channels. It moves the nest basket, you know, it, it mitigates risk in a lot of ways, even though this is a big bet that we're placing. But as far as like the revenue, you know, we're testing out different languages now too. We're doing like Spanish and lot of these other ones now we're actually like some of my channels we're actually starting to make more money off of like brand deals and sponsorships than we were the ad revenue most of it like 80 90 percent of what i made now on youtube is ad revenue i'm a big believer of like if you don't have traffic you're not making money in the first place unless you were very calculated and dialed before you got started into any business that you build so we always focus on traffic first and then now we're doing brand deals you know we'll get paid like one of my channels we get paid like three thousand dollars every video that we upload with a brand deal so it's like 
you know, that video would make probably anywhere from $3,000 to $20,000 on its own. It's like we also get paid, you know, $3,000 immediately on top of it as well. And as we get more consistent, we're actually talking in the talks of like tripling that now. Where we figured out what they want and like how to actually, you know, triple the, the rates that we get. So it'll go from like $3,000 a brand deal to actually $9,000 a brand deal. There's so many ways though. You could make, you could build like an affiliate marketing business off of this and get to like $20,000, $30,000 a month, like really easily if you have like expertise in that and you have like that knowledge because these are like niche audiences, you know, you can sell products. Like I've had guys where they were making $3,000 a month in ad revenue and they're making 20 grand a month in affiliate deals and stuff like that. And just throw like affiliate links on there. When it comes to the the sponsors that you guys are landing from the channels now, the the brand deals, are you seeking them out? Are they finding your channel and approaching you guys? How does that work? That's the whole part of the business that's like, I'm like developing right now. I'm like learning myself, especially with the mix of faceless. The one drawback of faceless channels is that like they like working with personalities because it's like, imagine Tom Brady saying like, hey, go buy Tide Pods or something like that, you know, or go buy some detergent. It's like, it's coming from Tom Brady himself. So it's like, you know, it's way different than just a commercial plays and that's happening. So, you know, so we're having to inject like personality and stuff like that into the video. So then and make it a little bit more creative inside of there. Just having the voice actor be like, hey, don't just read the script. Like make this yours, you know, like, hey, like become a person inside of this. But yeah, a lot of it, they reach out to us. I th- We've hired VAs to kind of like start building it. Now it's like we're starting to build a network where we get referred off, referred off to people. Most of it, they reach out to you. Um, once you get to a certain point, but you can always start seeking it before that even happens and accelerating it and just being like, Hey, you have this product. I know you have this business. These are the type of people that you like that you guys want. And that's my, what my product is. You know, you, so, so you start looking at like the softwares and the services, you know, and the products that you're already currently using and start reaching out to those people. And it's probably like, it's probably like 50, 50, you know, people we reach out to and people reaching out to us. And you said you're going all in on YouTube, right? You're, uh, faceless channels you're putting all the chips on the table so to speak do you see youtube changing at all in the future or when do you see the changes possibly going to be like how do you see the platform evolving like i saw something today where the ceo of youtube just stepped down or she yeah i just saw that actually yeah yeah or whatever yeah she was there for nine years she said she was with uh google for 25 and i guess the youtube for for nine if if that's what you're saying yeah uh, yeah. So what do you see or do you predict or do you even think about like the direction of the platform itself, like from features and like, is there anything that you consider or hedge when it comes to like the platform? Because they are your distribution, right? If like something drastically changed, you could like change your business overnight. So how do you, how do you think about that? I think we're at a stage of like quantity right now. More people are able to become creators than ever before. There's all these like AI tools that are coming out and everything, you know, and there's like, these are starting to become like the platforms of like the world and that where all the attention is moving towards and the attention economy. I see it moving more towards brands now and knowing that you can trust that somebody, at least for the next few years, I think the real goldmine is like building an, a brand or a name that people can trust that they can go back to over and over again. Is that difficult with faceless channels, right? To, to build a brand? No, not necessarily. It's just like, what do you tolerate for what you'll make as content? You know, what do you tolerate for what you will put out? One thing that we enforce inside of my company and with my teams is like, all right, so when you're done with this video, now that you've produced there, you've written the script, what we're going to do is we're going to take your name and say, 
script written by John Smith or whoever, you know, whatever that freelancer's name is or the, the person that wrote the script. Managed by, like, produced by this person, edited by this person, voiceovered by this person. And millions of people are going to go and watch this video. Are you proud that your name is on this video and this piece of work that you created here? And kind of building, you know, like that type of culture where it's just like, you know, we don't put out videos that, like, at first it's just like, okay, what's working and what's currently working in this market? But now my channels that we've been running two or three years that are like, you know, they've been consistently making money and they're not one of those channels like, I see a lot of people, they build a channel, it makes a ton of money for four months and then they just disappear. Is that we're, we're you know, it's that culture of just like, what, like, do, are, are the people like proud of this work that was put out there? You know, it's like, do you feel like this is something that you believe in? Does this erect emotion out of the viewer and take like, you know, do, do people feel something when they watch this video? Because if not, then you're just like another video amongst the sea of other videos that are just out there. And so it's more just about like, like people are spending a lot of time on social media now these days. And so it's like, what is the, what is the emotion? What is the, what is the value that you're adding to society with this? Is this just a video for the sake of content or is this a piece of art that you put together that you really truly believe in? And that I think is where things are, you know, that's, that's the, it's like, I guess, woo woo there, but the channel is the brand, right? That is the, that is the thing that people are like, they, they start to see, that channel as a source of truth for whatever that niche is. Like if they want to learn about like how billionaires spend their millions or how rappers spend their millions, like they know like you're the channel, right? And that is, that is brand, right? You have that recognition. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say I'm more like a YouTube philosopher. I like, I always focus on like, you know, like the concepts and the foundations. Like what that actually meant, how that manifests is like, you know, creating a name for your audience. So like one of my students what he started doing was and this like really helped out was he would call like this channel like it was like a channel about like lottery like people winning money like money type content like celebrity stuff and he would call them like hey future millionaires you know so there's other people you know they would do you know you can like putting a label on your audience and like giving them something to like represent you know there's like so many ways that, that can manifest you know like putting a label on the people it's a lot of it it's just like you know I think the term for it is like primal branding, but it's just like, you know, like if you just were to evaluate like how do cults work and like, why do people like subscribe to cults? You know, Church of Scientology has done into it, but it's just like, what is the, if you want to call it a cult or a religion, I don't know. But the main thing is just like, what is like, why do people sign up to that? It's not necessarily the face to it. I mean, maybe it's like, you know, they have Tom Cruise or whatever as the face of it, but it's just like, there's a reason why people go sign up to that type of stuff. You know, it's like, it's a belief that you're building for people. And so it's like, how can you inject that into your fans and your viewers? And it's like, as long as you're regularly providing value, like things that, you know, they're at dinner table on Thanksgiving or whatever. And they're just like, Hey, did you know that like Cleopatra had people that would take toads and have them lick her toes like three times a day, you know, or like something weird like that. Like, as long as you're like having like stuff, like, you know, where you like some weird random fact like that regularly, people are going to keep watching your content. Cause they're like, dude, I'm such a, like, I look cool with my friends now because I know this content or like, I know this information from watching this channel. So I'm gonna watch more because I'm going to be smarter. Now I'm going to be a smarter person or something. That's awesome, dude. Now you, you mentioned a couple of times throughout this, you not only grow your own channels, but you help other people grow channels as well and, and turn this into a business for them. Like where, if somebody's interested in this, how can they connect with you or, or learn more about what you guys do? Yeah. They could just shoot me a message on social medias. That's I think like the best way of going about things. How I got into all this personally was 
I was lost and clueless and I saw like these different ways of like making money and stuff. You know, I didn't necessarily start YouTube, but then I started going down that route. And the one thing that always got me to where I was going was investing into mentors or like investing to money to be around these other people. Like I just spent like $15,000 on like a program the other week just to like put myself in the environment of more people that are like this, you know, you know, that was something that gave me a lot of value. So I started creating these own types of things myself. Yeah. So you guys can reach out to me personally on socials. It's just at Devin CNP, D-E-V-O-N CNP on, you know, basically all platforms. Love it, dude. We'll appreciate you coming on and breaking down the world of uh, faceless YouTube channels, like how to grow them, what makes viral content, the whole nine yards, the whole business model, the different niches, how you pick niches, all that stuff, dude. Thanks for uh, kind of unpacking and not holding anything back. Yeah, of course, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me. And dude, this is something I love. If many of you guys want listening to this or spending any time on YouTube, you know, and you're just like, you know, you're counting the hours at your job or something, start, start, you know, reconsidering, maybe like figuring out how to make this an income. I think there's a, there's a long ways for this to go. I think there's a lot of, I think the next 10 years, you're going to see more people than ever before becoming creators online. And YouTube's the platform that they pay the best. They've been the best to their, their their creators. And I think, you know, you see people like Jimmy going all in on it. So if you guys are even remotely into it, like I'd start, you know, looking into it. Cool. That's awesome, dude. Thanks again, man. We'll catch up. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan.